Henry, the year is 1991. You're watching MTV. Kurt Cobain is performing his classic Unplugged set. And he's currently playing the song, The Man Who Sold the World. But Henry, I know you wouldn't have known this before, but that's not actually a Nirvana original song. You wouldn't know that because you're a loser. That song (laughs) is actually by David Bowie. And that's going to be the subject of this episode of Dream LP's podcast. And it's a part two. Dream LP's podcast is a podcast where we take an artist, Henry. What we do is we look at all their discography and we try and build the ultimate album using all of their songs. Now, welcome to part two, Dream LP's podcast of David Bowie. <laughs> what? Yeah, and returning okay. on this week's episode for part two is Bowie Aficionado, Patrick Davis-Jones. Hi. For Dream the... LP's podcast officially endorses Joe Biden. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's going uh... on some Trumpian podcast, by the way, <laughs> in case you're wondering. <laughs> We have actually, this is a massive conservative podcast where I actually have like a massive American flag and a liberal destroyed <laughs> counter on the on the side. So yeah, Patrick, you're back. That I am. Up to anything? <laughs> uh, no, nothing. Has been I a say, long way of these things. <laughs> yeah, I say. I know, I mean, it must have been a long two weeks for all of our four listeners um, without an episode mm. of Dream we Monkey's podcast. weekly podcast and we've let them down. I'm so sorry. Fofana, if Fofana, whatever his name was, uh, our heart goes out. We've actually lost all of our followers on Twitter. Um, Please follow us at Dream yeah, Monkey's Shout out to all of, uh, all of our followers. <laughs> <laughs> the mighty hordes. Right, so I say that we should get into our albums, and I nominate Henry to start. I will start. Let me just check what song I've got next on my dream LP. You're really professional, Henry. Yeah, this is this is this running is... smoothly. <laughs> ah, yes. Alright, you ready for this? My I'm ready for it. Sam Tyler. I had an accident and woke up in 1973. Am I mad? In a coma? Or back in time? Whatever's happened, Henry, it's no. like land on we, a different planet. We know it's now, life maybe. on Mars, mate. On <laughs> Mars. the reason, I can get home. He's oh. in a coma. The intro to the, one of the greatest British TV shows of all time. What is the name, you ask? Life on Mars. I think the greatest British TV show of all time is actually the sequel to that series, Ashes to Ashes. You know what? I'll admit, I've never seen Ashes to Ashes. I watched the first episode and I was like, I don't really feel it. But the- well, actually, I liked how in the 2010 Labour campaign they they framed David Cameron as as he'd take Britain back to the 80s. But I would say that's not that much of an insult. Yeah. Okay. So the, the song, song, Henry. The song I mean, politically, the 80s weren't great. Area. <laughs> <laughs> you ever the heard of Jeffrey like- Howe? Utter hero. All right. All right. Okay. Before before the John Sim uh, iconic TV show uh, with some of the most beloved British. TV show characters of all time on it, like Chris and uh, the other guy. <laughs> yeah, before that, there was this iconic masterpiece from Hunky Dory, one of Bowie's most fame, most famous songs, "Life on Mars," a surrealist, escapist tale. But I think this is one of the ones that it, one of the probably top five Bowie songs that everyone knows. It's a song that Bowie described at the time as a sensitive young girl's reaction to the media. Um, she's not, you know, we all know that the kind of the story, you know, the, she's hooked to the silver screen. 
But I mean, uh, this is uh, some of Bowie's most iconic lyrics here. Like, I don't even need to. Oh, I agree with that. To get up the lyrics on this one to remind myself, you know, uh, the my favorite, one of my favorite Bowie lines is the uh, Mickey Mouse is growing up a cow. So the set. Like I, I never really understood what that meant as a little kid, but I just love that imagery. And I, I guess it could be like, you know, we're talking about media and stuff. It's like the sort, the symbol of of Hollywood commercial commercialization. Mickey Mouse is growing up to be some corrupt cash cow for uh, capitalism, <laughs> and uh, it, it it's also the now the workers have struck for fame. I like, yeah, I really like that. Again. Yeah, I love that. I love the but part. it's like like on John Lennon and, and Lennon, Vladimir yeah. Ilyich Lenin. Yeah. And I think, you know, Ooh, since the working class era, I really yeah. like, exactly. I really, I really am quite a big fan of the idea of the mice in their million, million mm. hordes from Ibiza to the Norfolk Broads. Calling, of, calling a, the calling a reference to a, yeah, yeah, package holidays. We were talking and about that you know with what, the, the package... Smiths, weren't we? Yeah. The... Yeah, yeah. I want, I want to talk about package holidays. Yeah, I know you love one of the one of the major. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I read a book on package holidays, Henry. You're going to, have to hear what I have to say <laughs> about this. Um. So one of the sort of glorious, oh, I say glorious, quote unquote, uh, package holiday brands of the 1960s and 70s was uh, Pontins, and they were a collection of, of holiday camps, and there'd be characters and activities, and they're still going. And I thought it'd be fun actually if we looked at a review of Pontins. This is in Cambersands, uh, very similar to Norfolk Broads Pontins. Uh, one out of five. This is from TripAdvisor. Anne wrote a review on 15th of August. One out of five stars. Do not bother going. Disgusting place. If big, loud council families from Croydon are your kind of tea, <laughs> you may like it. Not going on until 2am with music blaring. Mouldy curtains, dead flies in kitchen sink on arrival, mould in the bathroom, mattress felt like laying on a bed of forks, worst sleep ever. One mattress had blood stains on it. The place is very... Oh very what? all caps run down wouldn't you i wouldn't even give it one star social distancing is nowhere to be seen rubbish everywhere you also have to pay for electricity which is a joke we left after one night all caps do not go here go to the park dean holiday park instead which is five minutes away this place looks like a prison camp in fact <laughs> i'd, oh I'd rather spend the night in a prison than come here don't waste your money it sounds like well, a that's a house. ringing endorsement. <laughs> I think we could do a spin-off podcast where we just look mm. at reviews Trip from this. Uh... Reviews. Okay, but I think to to link that back to uh to um to David Bowie's Life on Mars, I feel like there's there's an irony when it talks about the sort of workers uh struck with fame and they're and they're going to holiday camps because the holiday camps have now become like gulags. Uh, Secondly, there's the rule Britannia is out of bounds. And I suppose that sort of calls to mind the the imagery of, of that Croydon council family that that woman was talking about. <laughs> I just I just like talking about holiday camps. Indeed. Henry, you know. I could I could say Evidently, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean it's all it's all an attack on uh, commercialization in the 60s and 70s and stuff. And I return to that lyric at Now the Workers have struck for fame because Lennon's said again. I like how he's 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 poking fun at um, the the revolutionary the quote unquote re- revolutionary pop star that has been commercialized, who's chasing fame through the the capitalist system, which is you know I is he as is it, Bowie is, is it kind also of a, doing yeah can you can you can you criticize someone can you criticize someone for partaking in society which they have no choice but to live in. 
Yes. I mean, you can, definitely. I mean, what? yeah, you, you can. <laughs> but should you, is the question. But should you? I mean, I suppose it depends on how, on how evil it is. Or whether it's more of a... I mean, I don't agree with communism, so I don't know why I'm, I'm making this point. But uh, the just because Lenin's made money by doing his craft, whether whether it, the system, whether he thinks the system has wrongly rewarded him or not, I don't think you can attack him for being rewarded in the way that also, yeah, if Barry is attacking him, he's a massive hypocrite. This <laughs> is true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe he's just he's just probably just attacking like you know the 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 fans. Like the fans of John Lennon who like the fans. It's like the CM Punk paint bo- mm. pipe bomb. Yeah, from WWE in 2012. Yes, you're all aware of that. No, absolutely ah. not aware of that. <laughs> Second tangent. Um, CM Punk was a. This is going to be a, a long pro- podcast. <laughs> was a professional wrestler for a WWE, and he was in a feud with with John Cena. And he was a, he played the sort of heel character, but he was like the most popular wrestler in the whole the whole set. And the, the big thing with WWE is that the the owner Vince McMahon um, is a complete idiot. Uh, and CM Punk basically went he went off script. He did this he did this massive speech saying uh, the owner of this company is an idiot. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. I hate everyone. I'm going to win that title. I'm going to leave the company. And then he starts attacking the fans for like who supposedly are like uh, on his side, but then he's just like, you're the ones who buy those collector's cups. You're the one who buys those magazines. You're the one who buys the merchandise. Um, so yeah, I feel that I had a point, but I forgot what it, what it was. I yeah, like you kind of just went on a strange Henry. tangent about WWE. <laughs> uh, back to Life on Mars, the song by yeah, David Bowie. Uh... Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, take a look at the lawman beating up the wrong guy. All cops are bastards. Uh, <laughs> ah, yes. The hot take. Is this a theme song from Cops? Henry, we're cutting this out. We're just cutting this out. It's a theme song from Life on Mars. That's my wrap up from Life on Mars. That's the theme song to the great show starring John Sim as Sam Tyler. I got halfway through episode one. You're you're a bastard. <laughs> okay. I like how there was a uh, Czech adaptation called World Under the Head. There was also a Korean adaptation like last year, I think. Yeah, it that. stars Vaclav Nelsvi as Philip Marvan. That's not a very Korean name. I'm gonna yeah, do my but... song now because I feel like this is gone. All right, are you going? Are you going? What is your area? What is your first choice for your dream album? My first choice. Well, it's not my first choice because this is a part two episode. Oh, you're yeah, delivering it here. Technically, your sixth choice, but uh, uh, we'll what, let that slide. Aria, what is your sixth choice of round six of Dream Up Ease? Uh, I thought it was my. Oh, yeah. Uh, my choice matter. is The Man Who <laughs> Sold the World by David Bowie. Bowie. Still haven't figured that one out. It's uh, Bowie. It, it, it Bowie. is Bowie. Okay, cool. Bowie. <laughs> Say um, whatever you so, like. Yeah. Man Who Sold the World, uh, which was, of course, famously covered by uh, Kurt Cobain on uh, MTV Unplugged. But I, I do I do have a, an affinity for the original Bowie one, especially I feel like it's absence of, a, of, of Cobain's groggy voice and Bowie's more sort of, you know, <laughs> calmer tones. And I, I feel just the guitar on it is better. And it's also published by Parlophone. Which is my favorite record company. Um, and it's just sort of, you get this very haunted um, 
feel to the to the song. Um, you know, you get this sort of imagery of, of a of a haunted house. We passed upon the spare. We spoke of we spoke of was and when, although I wasn't there. He said I was his friend. And uh, yeah, again, the, the, the sort of poetic imagery of I spoke into his eyes. I thought you died alone a long, long time ago. We get this um, sort of argue, maybe he's he's at some 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 would suppose that Barry's um, attacking the sort of commercialization of his music. You know, if you think about this is a uh, God, when was this was uh, mid 70s? I want to say I think this was 1970, actually 1970. So this will be just after his hit. Um, Space Oddity, which sort of really pumped him up into the mainstream, obviously, with that song fitting very, very with the you know, moon landings of, of the time. Um, so he's sort of almost almost looking at a mirror that he, that he sort of sold everything. Um, or at least that's what I think. Because, you know, Bowie's earlier work, you know, like uh, The Laughing Gnome, that's a sharp departure from <laughs> that, that he's almost become, become mainstream. Yeah, I mean... He just he just sort of goes on this uh, spiral of um, self reflection, and I think it's, it's marvelous to listen to. This, you know, uh, f- f- keep saying you know is like my uh, but weird. <laughs> um, we know. For years and years I roamed, I gazed a gazeless stare at all the millions here. We must have died alone a long, long time ago. So he sort of links himself to the man who sold the world. And it's this uh, duplicitous side to to Bowie explored in the song, which to me makes it worthy of, of a Bowie Dream LP. And that being said, I am I am, I am a big fan as well of, of the Kurt Cobain version. But, uh, but the yeah. original is better. A lot of people say... My dad thinks the Kurt Cobain version is better. I just, I disagree. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong, it's good. But and I David probably Bowie, like, man. Bowie. Hmm. I probably like Cobain more than Bowie. But this song is a Bowie song, not a Nirvana song. I actually didn't know it was, there was a Nirvana cover of it for years Daddy. after I first heard the oh, song. Oh, you know, I, oh, you oh, I, I know it now. You know, you know, okay, but... <laughs> oh, for a second. Literally on that record, it begins with "This is a David Bowie song." Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like how, um, unlike Jesus, doesn't want me for a sun, sunbeam. He's like, uh, this is a song by whichever that band, uh, Sun Sungate, or whatever they're called. They're from Edinburgh. They're very punk rock. Um, he right. always begins his covers like that. <laughs> you know, um, talking of, of covers, I think we're going to get onto some omissions later, but um, one of Bowie's covers of a song that I absolutely love, that I just can't stand... Is this cover of Across the Universe? Oh, oh it is man. awful. It's so bad. That's my favourite Beatles song. Yeah. He, he kind of butchers it. It I'm is one of like. the greatest Beatles songs. Even though, um, didn't Lennon work on it as well? To bring him up again. Oh my god, did he? <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, I know. It's really, Shameful. It's really weird. I don't like John Lennon. I'm just going to say this. No, best he's... Beatles songs were written by Paul McCartney. He's the third best John Lennon Beatles. beat his wife. At least he's not Ringo. That's all I have to say about <laughs> John Lennon. Yeah. What did Ringo do? <laughs> Get Ringo did two things. Firstly, he voted leave. Secondly, I really hate Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh. It is so boring. <laughs> it is... Also, did you know there was a 2000 movie uh, that starred Alec Baldwin as a fat conductor? I believe um, we're off topic this... again. <laughs> this, this is the last uh, um, uh, sort of wrap-up on that song. 
I like uh, the the inspiration of the title came from a 1949 science fiction novel by uh, Heinlein titled entitled The Man Who Sold the Moon. And I feel that this, you know, some some would suppose that this song is Bowie sort of liked himself to this 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 character, this sort of who in the in the book was a sort of wild cowboy esque figure. And now he's sort of like mellowed out a bit. But I don't feel like the mellowing out is gonna is gonna last with obviously uh, spiders from Mars coming soon. But yeah, Patrick, your choice. My uh, my first or sixth or eight hundredth choice, whatever it is for uh, <laughs> Dream Healthies, is Young Americans <laughs> off the um, well the album with the same title in 1975, I think. Uh, and this mm-hmm. is Bowie at sort of his peak s- plastic soul, is the term that's used, sort of uh, trying to in a way, sort of self-awarely appropriate soul music um, in a way that also sort of highlights the, authentic- the sort of a lack of authenticity that comes with a white British artist trying to, you know, take what's popular from soul music and repackage it. And it sort of reaches its most self-aware in Young Americans, which despite its very sort of upbeat sound to it, is a very bitter and sort of cynical song. Um, and it really sort of captures the fractured sort of state of America. Because on the one hand, you have this exciting, upbeat chorus and this sort of driving rhythm. And on the other hand, you have the lyrics, which are sort of very bleak for Bowie, uh, including the yeah. classic, um, you know, you live for, I can't remember exactly how it's phrased, but um, we only live for 20 years, you have to die for the 50 more. <laughs> and you have these... Um, this portrait of an unhappily sort of a couple forced together into marriage at a very young age because they've uh, had a child after an unsatisfying sexual experience which is um the great line took took him minutes took her nowhere <laughs> it's like we all know what see i don't know to henry yeah. am i right yeah <laughs> um, stop drawing me out of this podcast <laughs> Yes, and the, the the later section of the song just, it gets almost to the point, it's in a way kind of similar to T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland, which is not a comparison. Oh my god, that, that, is, that is genuinely my favourite poem of all time. Yeah, I saw your I'm Instagram post. Uh, <laughs> oh god. April is the cruelest month, breeding. It is indeed. Lilacs out of the dead land, mixing. Memory and desire, stirring. Dull roots with spring rain. Winter kept us warm, covering earth and forgetful snow. It's, it's quite a, a little life poem, Aria. With dry tubers. I know, but the <laughs> opening of... Um, Do you remember? Sorry, I just... <laughs> sorry, well, I just said the Elliot, as, the as Elliot I was apology. Say, as, I was saying, uh, as I was saying, it's sort of in a way reminiscent of The Wasteland in that it bombards you with different cultural references and shreds of this and shreds of that. You have sort of stereotypes of, of African-American society... Uh, you have scraps of the Beatles or even thrown in uh, with the oh, yeah. line from, oh, which song is it again? It's the... Uh, Day in a Life. Day in a Life, yeah, closing on um, on Sergeant Pepper. But it's sort of everything is being thrown in. Uh, the blacks have respect and whites have the soul train. It's actually quite a funny line because, well, it has several it, meanings. It, uh, a white artist, inclu- well, Bowie was a white artist recently included on... Um, Soul Train, which was historically a very African-American viewed program. Uh, and 
then obviously you have Aretha Franklin's uh, respect is what he's referencing there. But also, you know, it's also talking about how white people actually own all of these institutions that are supposedly, you know, meant to represent the black community. And it is just, it's a sort of attack on America disguised as a classic sort of soul track. So there's, there's yeah, a lot I going think, on there that you yeah. surface. I really like the line, do you remember your president Nixon? Do you remember the bills you have to pay? Or and I feel that the, the, the twinning of uh, Nixon and the bills sort of has a broader sense of American meaning. Because uh, obviously from, you know, all the way from 1945 all the way up until 1968 you have a really strong sort of america which is is, is booming it's carefree even the life of the average let's say white america is is fairly decent uh but then after the chaos in 68 and mass recession and then you get the oil crisis and then watergate the sort of and then obviously the massive uh uh, problems with with racial equality in that country, you get this sort of awakening in the in the early seventies um, from this sort of yeah child childlike adolescence of, of the United States, and I feel that Bowie's kind of commenting on that here. Although it's, that being said, it's, President it's, Kennedy's assassination was not carefree, but I'm well, sort of yeah. talking about like the average the average married couple in in the suburbs of in New Jersey. Do you remember the? Your president Nixon, do you remember the bills you have to pay or even yesterday? It's a very it, again, it's quite a wasteland-esque line. Yeah. Uh, RAR, I assume you recall the um the exchange of the couple. Do you know nothing? Do you see nothing? Do you remember nothing? It's this sort of overwhelming, like the culture is so dominating it's, it's... and the pressures of capitalism are reaching so high on these people stuck in a sort of middle American Actually, society. Do, do... To evoke Elliot further, it kind of almost seems a tad like the love song of, of Alfred Prufrock. Ooh, in this, the... is, this is we're veering hard into <laughs> <laughs> to the Elliotian interpretation of the what lyric was that that I found that uh, we live for these just twenty years. Do we have to die for the fifty more? That sort of longing and boredom of, 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 mm. of life and its monotony is very it's very reminiscent of the, you know the idea. I've counted my life out with coffee spoons. Um, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like it's it's just it's just it's just an Elliotton song. <laughs> I'm not gonna Henry, I don't know how apologies. much you got out of that. Yeah, well sure you how, see, I don't I'm I sure how widely read, read you are. <laughs> I'm just gonna talk about uh you know, when I was younger, this is like one of the very songs I used to listen to a lot. And obviously I got none of that. I just used to think it was a bit like uh Kim Wilde, Kids in America. Because they kept talking <laughs> about Amer- young Americans. That's why I liked it. Have you seen the it's Kim nice Wilde Cadbury Dark Milk? Dark milk chocolates, Henry. The Kim Wilde chocolates. What? Kim Wilde no. dark milk. Is the Kim Wilde? They're no longer kids in America. I don't know. It's a terrible <laughs> advert. What? So the, it's but, a, uh, is it an advert for against obesity? Isn't <laughs> there are no longer kids in America because you all <laughs> ate the Kim Wilde chocolates? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. What? I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google this. What? Please explain yourself. 
so there's a there's a new brand of I don't we're sponsored by Cadbury by the way. Um, they've they've reached out to me. Uh, they haven't reached out to you, but they've reached out to me to plug their new chocolate. Uh, oh my god, is dark that Kim milk. Wild? Looks so old. <laughs> <laughs> and the advert is Kim Wild, basically saying, mm, "I've matured, and this chocolate, which is slightly darker, has matured too, because oh I'm god. no longer a kid in god. America. In fact, sell. I'm an old woman." <laughs> And uh, I'm worrying about death uh, and because I'm no longer a kid, and you know I have responsibilities now. And I don't—I'm not even in America. I'm in some boring garden in Buckinghamshire. And what has my life become? True, I'm appearing in a Cadbury's advert. Oh please, oh God! I, all I long for is a sweet release of death. Is that um, what you so said? Yeah, good advert. Exactly verbatim. This is her. This is her Facebook. Hey everyone, if you're reading this, it's because you probably know who I am. <laughs> and if you know who I am, then you're going to love. New Cadbury Dark Milk. <laughs> she released a Dark Milk single. What? No. <laughs> Corporate slave. Oh, no. This is... What's my childhood? Come on. Your childhood oh, was Kim Wilde. Kids in America. <laughs> I know what you mean, Henry. You know. No, no, no. My, my... When I was... <laughs> the two anthems of my childhood were Young Americans by David Bowie and Kim Wilde. And we've managed to ruin both in one podcast. (laughs) I know what you mean, Henry. It's like when I found out that Banana Rama broke up. (laughs) It was ruined my childhood. You know what? You know Sarah Dalin, Siobhan Faye, Karen Woodward. You know what? What a bunch of personal life. You know, I I don't don't want to go into Banana Rama trivia. I think we'd be better looking at the next song. Oh Uh, yeah, yeah. My my seventh song is uh fantastic voyage from the third album in bowie's berlin trilogy and the definitely the least critically acclaimed of those albums which is the lodger um and so uh fantastic voyage it's at the end of his um the three berlin recovery albums it finds him restored and back on his feet but this is not a, a light, happy song. Fantastic Voyage is the harbinger of those run of early 80s um, Cold War songs about the threats of nuclear war. The kind of ones like um, uh, Forever Young by, by Alphaville. But this is one of the, it's one of the early ones. Um, they wipe out an entire race and I've got to write it down. It's like the singer is... Bowie playing this role of singer is is at the at this sort of end of the world, but when Armageddon is is seemingly close, all he can do is write down these lines and make a pop song, which is kind of meta, which is what David Bowie is doing in 1979. Um, I think this is a real, a really striking. Um, it's quite. It's a fairly simplistic song. I think it's probably one of his most underrated songs, and. Has bold sort of upfront lyrics that, although are simplistic, they like were definitely inspirational for a lot of um, Cold War answer records in the eighties. Like, you know, phrases like "We never get old," that's no reason to shoot some of those missiles. Think of us as fatherless scum. And it's sad that the 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 lodger wasn't that well received um, and didn't do well commercially because I think that song definitely deserves to have as greater reputation as some of Bowie's best work because yeah honestly think it's a phenomenal song even though I don't really understand the bit where he's like learning to live with someone's depression I think that might be him referencing I think it's sort of an attack on on um world leaders and their uh 
big red buttons, which for some reason is still kind of relevant today. There isn't a button though. Like I've been to Moscow and I've been into like the bunker where like they would have fired the nuclear. I've sat in the. I've gone through the process of firing a I've nuclear fired weapon, Henry. Nuclear missile. What? And <laughs> you bastard. Yeah, yeah. There's a video of me um in the chair on the Russian computer turning the key and doing everything. There was no button. There's no big I'm... red button. Alright, I'm I'm not sure that's what you're meant to take away. Alright, <laughs> okay, fellas. Speaking speaking of um. The, I, I know we. I just keep going off onto tangents now. But speaking of the Cold War, very briefly, yeah. to make this podcast hashtag relevant. What the hell is going on in uh, Minsk? It's like it's like Henry, as you know, I've time. been following. Yeah, Henry, it's, as you know, uh, it's I've very been eighty nine esque, isn't it? Yeah, Henry. Tactis naya shia izuchayu ruski yazi iya delia delia cm yeah Problem is, uh, Lukashenko Bill, uh, the, okay, I'm gonna stop speaking Russian. Uh, the problem is, right, okay, imagine John Major was still prime minister, and that's how long <laughs> Lukashenko's been in power. Now, I don't know, you don't, nobody wants to imagine the reality in which John Major is still prime minister, but the problem is, right, okay, uh, Lukashenko's been in charge, there's one legitimate election, but also, by the way, Belarus has had the worst history in the in. One of the it's got a fairly raw deal. It lost twenty five percent of its population in World War One, and then again in World War Two, heaviest uh, casualty is like a percentage of the population. Uh, really maligned under the Soviet Union, uh, Lukashenko was actually in charge of the Belarusian SSSR, like from the eighties. So he's been in charge a long time. Uh, fraudulent election is basically beforehand. It's basically what you'd expect the Soviet Union to look like in twenty twenty. Um, the problem. So he jailed. Uh, the problem with Belarus is, whilst the elections were illegitimate, it's always a quite a divided opposition. And he now jailed him. You have, and his wife's now he jailed the, the opposition. Country, yeah. And then basically all the wives going up, they all got behind Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, uh, and she won the election. And she definitely won the election because to anyone who said, oh, but the oh, the free election idiots on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> where are the people campaigning for Lukashenko? Where are they on the street? But it's crazy. Did you They're see nowhere to be found. You hear that thing? He went to like a tractor factory. Like what? I, I think that sounds like a Lenin doing a speech at a tractor factory. So the workers like you, we must, you must come. You must, Actually, you Henry, Henry, if anything, is that a if any, accent there. <laughs> no, Henry, you. If, if anything. No, that was look, a, I, I, that was a vague impression. Henry, like, no as somebody who's been following the the domestic politics of, of Belarus for some time, of course, um, yeah. and actually spoken to a protest. Uh, He's spoken to it's Putin. Mo- more reminiscent no, protest, yeah. uh, okay. uh, It's more reminiscent of Romania in 1989 with Ches- Cheskau. I can never who, pronounce his name. Who, who was Cheskau. the leader? No, who was Cheskau. the leader who was no, like, making a speech Basi- and got Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's him. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he literally, so he uh, Lukashenko said, uh, "The only way you're going to get free elections is to kill me." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Mate, don't make that quite foreboding. Uh, the greatest concern. Um, in my view, is that we get sort of Prague Spring 2, where Putin uh, goes in and he uh, sends his troops and he sort of quashes the, any revolt. I mean, the protests are incredibly peaceful, right? I know. Especially if we Putin compare them do? to... Is Putin going to replace uh, him with like another... Really? That, that's the fear. That's the fear. I think he's going to replace um, But what's interesting to me worse, is there's been no destruction, of, no destruction of property. Uh, the only violence has come from the police. 
Yeah. Uh, it's been incredibly peaceful, and they've been torturing uh, lots of women and children protesting. And uh, and the way that the police have been treating it's absolutely insane that this is happening in Europe in the 20, 2020s. Bowie, Bowie, <laughs> David in, Bowie. In the event that this fantastic voyage should turn to erosion and we never get old, remember it's true. Dignity is valuable, but our lives are valuable too. Okay, cool, Henry. Well, uh, so my song now. That's the song that I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god before All belarus right. <laughs> when you start screaming before belarus right. it's interesting actually that they have a they're using the flag from the 1920s to protest Lukashenko because the flag they're actually using now is just a modified version of the USSR flag that we use for Belarus. But now they've got all of a sudden inverted Oscar. My seventh choice is a uh, Starman, uh classic Bowie song from The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Star as us and the Spiders from Mars. And I remember hearing the song on the radio when, uh, in 2016 when he, when he died, and it's just such a great song. It, there's this sort of utopian idea um, of of the Starman uh, sort of waiting, but, he, but he's just sort of too advanced. And I just love it. It's just so space agent. It's brilliant, the, the, the imagery of it. I suppose we're still sort of in a space mania phase of, of, of popular culture. Um, it's the idea of that hazy cosmic jive. Uh, sorry, that's just reminded me of the of the click from The Simpsons when Homer's doing the carpool and he just goes, "You've got to jive, Turkey." And he oh my god, that. I watched so... that episode with my family. Um, yes, the one, where, the one where he goes on with the Smashing Pumpkins on tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's so, it's so good. That's a great. Also, music. I hate Sonic Youth. I yeah, hate yeah, yeah. Sonic right. Youth. I just... Any music fans, which I'm assuming you all are, go watch that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Right, Generation just... X, am I right? Um, anyway, yeah, I like yeah. how he talks about Channel 2 uh, because, you know, Channel 2 was a very new thing, which is interesting. Uh, I like how he <laughs> references uh, Big Popper um, when he says, don't tell your popper or I'll get That's not a reference a to Big Popper by Biggest Walls <laughs> because that was released like 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he predicted it like Kanye. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> he predicted the rise of the Taurus B.I.G. Yeah, okay. Uh, what else? What else we got? Um, yeah, so that lyric actually, don't tell your puppy, you might get locked up in fright. It's almost reminiscent of, of the Red Scare, uh, but with a Ro- Roswellian twist. Um, I just, I just think it's a, I just think it's a, it's a great, great yeah. song about basically looking. Hey, look, there's this utopian ideal out there, but we're never going to reach it because yeah, it's, it's just too much for us. I like, I well, like it's, the it's children sense of of hopefulness, but also you mm. know, like realism it's like it's not you know it, it might be something yeah it's also just a banger isn't it <laughs> it's a tune yeah like in, like uh i'm, I'm not sure yeah, uh, yeah i'm not sure what uh what deep takes you're gonna get out of la, la, la. Uh, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah it's it's a great song and they were gonna Patrick, make your song i'm just saying they were uh, gonna make a bowie movie called starman but apparently they were not allowed to use any of his music so yeah. That reminds me of the bit from Thirty Rock when they're doing a uh, Janis Joplin, but they like have to change the name to like a generic Joper and change all the song the songs by like a note. It's brilliant, right, Patrick? You're uh... yes, my uh, what what would this be? Eighth song, seventh. We're still on seventh. Seventh song, seventh song. Still on seventh. Yeah, uh, is New Killer Star from two thousand three. A uh, bit of a rogue choice, but uh, it's a good song. Uh, I mean, the instantly. Sort of recognizable thing from the song is the 
sort of very distorted sort of stuttering opening guitar riff um which kind of defines the rest of it but when you look at it lyrically it is quite interesting because obviously we're in new york and in 2003 uh, and the opening lines, see that great white scar over Battery Park, is undeniably a reference to 9-11. Uh, and then you start looking at the idea of new killer is a play on nuclear, obviously. Nuclear. Uh, and it's, it could arguably be, um, be seen as mocking how George W. Bush pronounced <laughs> nuclear. Um, That's another Simpsons joke, isn't yeah. it, Aria? It's pronounced yeah. nuclear, Marge. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, and there George W. Bush now. 54% of Democrats approved of him in 2008 when he left the presidency. That number was just 9%. Uh, no commentary yeah. on current political times. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, we, we do not endorse George W. Bush. But um, it's interesting when you actually look at, there's sort of, sense that the world is kind of in chaos and falling apart but Bowie just wants to face the music and dance uh, and so it sort of seems to distance itself from the current hyper-political situation uh, and obviously you also have the classic Bowie commentary on commercialization so you've got Jesus on Dateline and you know uh, it's like a comic like the way they did the Bible <laughs> um, you know it's sort of this sort of uh, the commercialized being contrasted with the supposedly sacred. Uh, it's it's an interesting song. Indeed, yeah, it's one of the one of the Indeed. late bows that stands out to me. It's like a. Also, can we talk about the album cover? Because whilst it's a very good song, I think the album cover is awful. <laughs> it's like some weird um, thing, 4chan yeah. uh, deviant art, uh, yeah, edgy a... Tumblr. It looks a bit. Ooh, I'm a it looks cool a bit crappy, doesn't it? I think maybe it was 2003. Just... That kind of thing was new. They didn't know how bad it looked. That's true. <laughs> um, now it looks like you Maddie can just Pixie, imagine that though. Pixie Dream Girl or something would have made yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like some, I want to be like Ramona Flowers, please, Henry. I want to be like Ramona. It's cool because she dyes her hair like twice a week. And yeah, I all hate Edgar Wright movies so much. are still good. I don't care what you say. Yes, but anyone who likes an Edgar Wright movie, I just want to, I just don't like him. What? What? What did you, what did you say? Hey, 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 hey. You, Repeat, you don't that, know very hey, to him, Repeat that very slowly. Henry, slowly, Henry, look, their Edgar Wright fan base is. Quite possibly one of the worst fan bases. Aria, um, Wright, exist. You, do you know much about Henry Aria? I love because, Ed, I Yeah, I know. I know. I see him. You're getting to a touchy subject. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Spaced is one of the. Okay, okay. Let, let, let's specify it. Time. Hot Fuzz. Let, 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 let's Shaun drink it down. Hot Fuzz is a perfect film. Okay, okay. I don't mean Edgar Wright. I'm like I like Scott Pilgrim. Okay, it has some. Oh my god! It has. Look, Negative XP released well, a song, Scott Grimm has ruined an entire generation of women. And whilst <laughs> I wouldn't go that far... <laughs> yeah. It's a bit it's insulting. Very insulting. <laughs> All I'm saying is injecting Ramona Flowers the into the... <laughs> All I'm saying is injecting Ramona Flowers into the cultural night zeitgeist has had unintended consequences. Yeah, I don't like any of the characters particularly in that movie. It's just... What about Kim Wilde as the drummer? <laughs> What? Again, I fear we've gone off topic. Okay, okay. My eighth choice is uh, 1984 from Diamond. No, it's not. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, it's uh, by George that's... Orwell. It's mm. might, be, it's might teenage... as well be called 2020. Am I right? 
What's that thing Alex Turner right. said? 1984, 2019. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Let's just get on to the song. Okay, um, okay. My eighth choice is Teenage Wildlife from um, Bowie's best album, 1980s, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. That is quite an unexpected take. But... This is Bowie's midlife crisis song. And I find this song very interesting because I think it's one, Teenage Wildlife, you have to listen to it a number of times to really understand it. And I, I've read some interesting articles about it, so... Let me take you on a long journey about this song. Um, oh. So at the time of, of, of writing this song, um, Bowie was like, he had, it was the end of the 70s. Bowie was a huge icon. And Soho clubs like the Blitz or Billy's had, had Bowie nights where all these kids used to come and dress up as different outfits from um, Bowie's like, large roster of uh, characters. Did you attend stuff. Henry? Uh, yeah, I attended in 1979. Um, <laughs> I was a little wild in the 70s. Uh, hey. the, uh, the kid. The, Why the, is there so much Alex Turner in this? Just, I need to appeal to the TikTok egos demographic. All right. Anyway, so the kids who went to these clubs, like you know, they were fulfilling their fantasies, like living, living out this sort of wild life of of, of youth culture that was that was, you know, really influenced by by Bowie's style. Like, he was one of those first people. Like people saw Bowie on like you know, TV on a top of pops or something and like real out there about his sexuality and sort of everything it was real. It was people, kids just latched onto it at the time. And this really set, um, set the tune for the new wave in like 1979, the end of the 1970s going into the eighties. So the new wave musicians, um, like Gary Newman, um, and these new wave musicians really irritated David Bowie. Um, cause, cause Bowie thought that, you know, it was like, you ha don't have any unique style. You're literally just ripping me off. He's like Gary Newman, just kind of his first album is basically just a, a, a kind of just so influenced by low and heroes and stuff. Um, he, he really, Gary Newman really, you know, you'll know one Gary Newman song that, you know, the cars that here in my car, yeah, yeah. And he really irritated Bowie, um, he was like a massive Bowie fanboy. He irritated Bowie to the point where Newman, uh, Bowie had Newman kicked off a TV show and they were supposed to appear. Um, but Newman argued against what Bowie was saying. He said that images to be copied and um, that his success, that Newman's success in 1979 was owed to him filling a role for younger fans that Bowie had abandoned. Because Bowie just kind of, Bowie just kind of wanted to move on. He, he kind of he went through his phase with all the drugs and stuff. He kind of just wants to move on his career and try new stuff. That's, um, and the opening line of, of Teenage Wildlife on Bowie's first album of the 80s is, well, how can you own, how come you only want tomorrow with its promise of something hard to do? And these lines re refer to him, his, this, his attack on um, Newman and the new wave artists who have this sort of preoccupation and fascination with the future and stuff and he's like you've got to sort of like you know live in the present more you've got to sort of keep it's very burky and ideal and stuff and and he said but he was basically saying that like um he doesn't bowie doesn't want to be a piece of teenage wildlife it's something that's like very fleeting and he basically said that like if people like gary newman were just you know 
their their thing, their hit thing was being like a, a younger, hipper David Bowie in nineteen seventy nine. There's no staying power there. And he's right that Gary Newman has that one song that people know today, but he made he's made he's made albums since, but no one has listened to them. Um Yeah, I I I didn't know who Gary Newman was, and I just listened to Cars, and I don't like it. And if that's his best song, <laughs> yeah, then, uh... it, it's, it's it's not. I'm yeah. Bowie. He's not. Yeah, but I'm gonna beef you, Gary Newman. If Gary Newman, annoying. if you want to come to this podcast and defend uh... yourself, fine. But <laughs> until then, um, this podcast is it, officially it, it against is Gary canon. Newman. That Teenage Wildlife is now a diss track on Gary Newman. <laughs> yeah, but I love that it starts out with Bowie being like, "I'm not some piece of Teenage Wildlife," and the song ends with him saying. He was just another piece of teenage wildlife, which is his wow, appraisal that... of the new wave's fleeting staying power. And he's like, you know, yeah, Gary Newman, you've had your short burst of success. There's no long. Jazz. One could one could almost compare Henry. One could almost compare Gary uh, in this situation. It's almost like a David Bowie is uh, Jesse Lacey, and uh, Gary Newman oh is John God. Nolan. <laughs> and that lyric is almost like the equivalent of uh, Jesse Lacey's. So is that what you call a getaway? Tell me what you got away with, because I've seen more spine in jellyfish. Yeah. I've seen more guts in 11-year-old kids. Have another drink of dr- and drive yourself home. I hope there's ice on all the roads. And you can think of me when you forget your sh- seatbelt. And again, when your head goes through the windshield. He's not quite as hostile as Jesse Lacey. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a given. <laughs> Poised, nuanced attack on the new wave. It's also just a real banging song um and i mean if it's like it, it's it's a bit uh you know if the new way people are trying to trying to copy bowie every turn it's it's going to be hard to match some of his he really gives like a great vocal performance so kind of and uh, slightly i don't i don't think bowie's being arrogant in this song i think he's just saying you're you're all just too young and too full of yourself and just you know get a grip grow up and yeah, absolute belter. Um, and one of my favourites on Scary Monsters, I think, up there with with Ashes to Ashes and uh, up the hill backwards. Yeah, I don't know if you guys want to add anything more. No, I think I, at least from my end, you're all good there, Henry. So it's uh, it's time for for my song. Your eighth song, yeah. Which is uh, I'm afraid of Americans from uh, what it was. At uh, some point in the 90s. 90, uh, 1997. His... 1997. The election of Tony Blair. Uh, and Bowie is, was is celebrating that... with his Union Jack quote. <laughs> Union, Jack, Union Jack coat on the album cover, gazing over um, a Brooksian image of, uh, of England. Uh, but this song is about <laughs> the America. Uh, the America. You guys know why America's called America? Um, it's named after America Vespucci, who's the person who just who had the idea that maybe America was a new continent. Anyway, back to the song. Aria, can I just uh, stop you for a second? We're going to go into the whole history of Americans. <laughs> whole history of <laughs> okay, now, the thing, 1492. Most people fish. seem to think that 1492 was when the America... But actually, it started way over earlier in 1789 when uh, Leif Erikson... Anyway. Uh, I was so, kidding. 1789 so, when Lee Garrick. <laughs> 1789. <laughs> 1776. <laughs> New no, York Henry. City. I'm, I'm leaving the podcast. Sh- um, Hamilton is fine. No, it's fine. It is not great. Musically, it's okay. It attacks Jefferson more than I like it. Than I like it for. It's sort of what? You know, I was super regulated economy. 
people that make us American idiot. Shut up. Uh, so I feel like there's there's that push that, oh, it, yeah. that it frames oh, yeah. the Hamilton. <laughs> the takes are coming too quickly and too hot for me to deal with them. <laughs> Can we just? <laughs> but I really like it gets the it gets the portrayal of George Washington perfect. I think that's the best thing about it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm afraid of Americans. It's sort of again, it's this it's this idea that Bo is attacking, you know, this common this common motif in his in his in his work, attacking the corporate and uh, bland ideals of, of capitalist America. Um, he is quite afraid of them. He's quite afraid of Americans. He says it quite a lot in this song. <laughs> uh, and I think I suppose he's quite afraid of. <laughs> Um, but then he also says, you know, he's afraid of the world, that there's lurching presence. And I suppose in the 90s, you got to remember, you got my main man, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, being, you know, despite his scandals on the economic axis and uh, uh, foreign policy axis, being quite a good president. And, you know, the Soviet Union is thought, and America's sole superpower, and it's guiding the world's direction. And, uh, you know, Barry might not be a fan of this. And then this sort of description of your your average American Johnny, which is I just I just can't help but feel is, is a very American American name. Johnny, uh, you suck on a Coke, and I feel like yeah, yeah, America is that sort of McDonald's, Disney, Coke. That's that's how Barry Barry described it. That he he's really against that because uh, it, it ignores the the fight, the, the actual what. The, there's good. There are good things about America. Um, but uh, that the establishment seems to actually reject those good things, and he and he and he mentions sort of you know black music or, or the beat poets. Um, I'd say that America literally rejected their best poet, uh, T.S. Eliot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to bring it best. back to Eliot. Uh, I'm currently Eliot watching. I'm currently about. watching the I'm Afraid of Americans uh, music video. It's uh, a strange again. one, isn't it? on yeah. mute right now and you know what it's like i think childish gambino is a lot to answer for Ooh, yeah no i actually i feel that this is very true and he's just sort of hurried running through new york city just this this and fear the, uh, and paranoia and like, like you know johnny looks like the stars so johnny co combs his hair johnny wants uh don't think you can and say cars. the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not family friendly. But uh, it's, it's, it's also... Just, it's, it's, that... it's the objectification of America that you yeah. sort of see everything is, is material objects and it's, it's, it's the division of the part. Uh, it's a real uh, metonymy, isn't it? You, you're broken at the parts and you're using the parts to represent mm. the whole to show the sort of sexist attitude of modern America. There we go. And it's this, uh, it's this ridiculous then... sort of 50s vision of America. <laughs> it sounds it yeah. almost sounds like green lightning. <laughs> <laughs> It's this but manufactured I mean, 50s... version of America sold to the world. But that is that is that is kind of I feel a key key part of America. Um, that that fifties, you know, the diner and <laughs> the fonds, and you know when the old man brings in and he's offering his fish, and the guys are like, "Why? I don't want your fish. I want to listen to Weezer." Um, <laughs> what? Okay. That's you, Aria. You guys clearly haven't seen the Buddy Holly music video. It's just very haunting, and I think you're right. The childish Gambino has a lot to answer for, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of imagery there. in that video that kind of. And I feel like the fact that the fake guns in the video turn into real ones at the end is is sort of referring to the to the increasing gun violence epidemic in the in the US. Obviously, a few years from now, you'll you'll get a, a Columbine, and America's becoming a more violent place. You know, whilst America might be stronger. Yeah. Is actually abandoned that myth of the fifties, and it's becoming a more intrinsically darker and uh, less idealistic place. 
to, to be a part of. Patrick. I'm afraid of Americans. As is Bowie. Uh, right, my... <laughs> what is this? Eighth choice? Eighth, yeah. yeah. Eighth, indeed, uh, is the classic... I mean, there's not really that much you can actually say about it. It's so classic. Heroes. Um, although, I have to say, my favourite version of Heroes is the one which starts out with the line about dolphins, because that is simultaneously the best and worst line. What? What version is this? I, I, I don't know which version it is. It's quite an early one, but... Um, Starts out with the line, I wish I could swim, like dolphins can swim. <laughs> oh, no, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, I, isn't that the version of normal heroes? I, I know the, the dolphins. Well, no, version. no, uh, yeah, well, there are, there are many versions of heroes. It might be the album version. Um, I think there's oh, yeah, a single well, version I, I, that doesn't I, start with it. I know that. I, know uh, I just can't believe things. that you're calling that the best line when you're forgetting uh, he's writing comedy prose. It's the, it's the <laughs> gnome. Oh, yes. <laughs> Some some great lines Bowie penned in his day. You look like but, uh... a rolling gnome. Where didn't they teach you touch your hair? Not at my school. What school was that? The London School of Ego Gnomics. <laughs> <laughs> but enough um, about laughing gnomes. Back to heroes. Indeed. My hero heroes, is the laughing gnome. Heroes, obviously we, we know we must know the context about the Berlin Wall. Uh supposedly the concert Bowie played outside the Berlin Wall had a had a part in its eventual uh being taken down, but Really, it's quite a simple song. Uh, it's this sort of anthem of hope and romance and a sort of fleeting moment sort of against the corrupt systems of the world. Uh, it's just for one day, but it retains that sort of driving hope and ambition and sort of triumphant sense to it. And I was, uh, I was happy to see it, the German version at the end of Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that was glorious. Yeah. What a good <laughs> moment. Just a, just a fact linking... Uh, Bowie and uh, Cobain again. Uh, one of my one of my favorite things about the fall of the Berlin Wall is that Cobain was uh, playing a concert in Cologne on the night that it fell, and then afterwards they all drove up, and and Kurt Cobain was at the smashing of the Berlin Wall. That's a it's interesting. It's a, it's a good yeah, fight. I mean, just let, let me just say, uh, Heroes is a, is a pretty good song. Um, I would just yeah, Anthem is right because it's, it's one of those one it's one of those songs I think is um simple enough that everyone can relate to this song on some level like i mean it's one of the songs that it's not really relatable it's just you can just use it however you want to you can it almost it almost links to the thomas carlylean idea of uh, of heroes <laughs> Remind uh, you, me, you, you do love turning someone's name into an adjective don't you <laughs> it is it is a favorite part <laughs> but, you know uh, thomas thomas carlyle has this idea that that history is kind of nietzschean but nietzsche just sort of ripped him off However, um, kind of that however, hero, uh, okay, okay. Uh, I think the history is given by um, our... the <laughs> that heroes uh, sort of divide, define, and they're the ones that drive history, not great, oh, yeah. which uh, rejected the previous historical thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think there's there's a dream that everyone wants to have an impact in their life, uh, but we just fantasize. It's kind of like it's most... just one day that reminds me of um, you know that um, either you. Your schmuck for a lifetime or king for a day. You know the the king of comedy thing. Um, he's a Rupert Pupkin. Mm. It's the the Martin Scorsese film where Robert De Niro plays that guy who just he takes like one shot of getting on. He gets his way onto the Jerry Lewis show to do a stand up. It's so terrible. He kidnaps like the talk show host and gets on the show all to do this thing. It's like um, which is the inspiration for Joker. You know, um, it's Keep that saying. thing of like a day again. And I was like, I need to watch The King of Comedy, but I just haven't got around to it. You've never seen it? 
Damn. I like. Well, I've read the Wikipedia summary. That's, yeah, that's, that's effectively the same thing, isn't it? You listen to the song, like um, I was just listening to Heroes again today. You're like, if you're halfway through it, you're like, wow, this is just like you know, a bit like Live Forever. You're just like, wow, that's an anthem. But then w- when it just goes back to the just for one day, it's like, yeah, Damn, it's bro. it's like an anthem for a moment. Like, yeah. there's no pretense that it's going to last any longer, but it's for this single day you can sort of take control, be king, be queen, be the heroes. No, not mine. Close yours, down. Henry. Yep. It's the ninth song. Um, oh, the final song. Your my album closer. Choice. The last song on my dream up here. Had to finish with a banger. It is Suffragette City. Oh. Or as Paddy would say, uh, what's, what's up in Jeff City? City? Which you generally... You can, I can I, actually hear it, to be honest. I genuinely yeah, thought those end. were the lyrics for what's many years. What's up in years. Jeff City? As so a child. Like a... Uh, yes, I support Suffragette City as a feminist. Well, Ari, it's a lot deeper Do than you that. support it's Jeff City, though? Alright. What's up in Jeff on Freud? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jeff He's City. plugging Jeff on Freud. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I just need to... I, didn't you kill Please Jeff keep waffling for a second. I'm just getting the lyrics up. <laughs> Henry, my name you... Jeff City. Indeed, Have you indeed. heard the Pixies cover uh, My Name Jeff or MP4, um, which is a parody of uh, Where Is My Mind? It's honestly they, they, brilliant. They made a song called My Name Jeff. <laughs> yeah, it's on the Cripplingly Media YouTube channel if you were to go and check it out. Oh, my okay. Name... <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, man. All right. That's, okay, that's pretty wham, good. Wham, thank you, ma'am. Oh, uh, Henry, so don't be unkind. Go Suff- away. Suffragette. Okay, Suffragette City. What is the story? So basically, this is Bowie and his, I'm guessing it's sort of like flatmate Henry or slash gay lover, maybe. Henry only likes this song because it has got his name this in it. It's not true. This is not true. Uh, Henry is like the, Henry is the annoying, Henry is the annoying, though reasonable <laughs> best friend slash gay lover. Um, oh. So it's basically <laughs> Bowie, because you know Bowie, experimental with his sexuality. Loose wild kind of guy. So he's shutting out his poor friend Henry for this chick who's put his spine out of place. And I... Wait, what's the line? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the line is this mellow-thighed chick just put my spine out of place. But I thought it was like, this smell of that chick. I <laughs> always... Like... I still thought that, it, <laughs> yeah. that was it until you said that. But that makes a lot yeah, more sense. Yeah, it really, really sounds like this smell of... I was like, no, <laughs> you're a nutcase. Sniffing people. Disgusting. Yeah, I was thinking... Also, what's really weird is like, oh no, wait, wait. Okay, the lyrics here say, "My school day is insane." Is he? Is he at school? I've <laughs> <laughs> always wondered. Yeah. I thought it was like, oh, my schoolwork's not doing that well because I'm in love with this girl. I'm like, what? You're living with this random guy, Henry, and you're still. Is he? Is David, is David very hold back or something? He's like one of those twenty-year-olds yeah. who's still at primary school. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyway. Um. It's a confusing so, song. The line that really stands out to me that is suggestive of this um, uh, him moving from this gay relationship to try and one well, is where I've got a straight in my face. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, see? Him, him changing yeah. around. Hey, Drew, you don't crash here. Reference to uh, Clockwork Orange. Of course. A great inspiration uh, for um, yeah. Ziggy Stardust. Again, I am actually cons- I can actually understand Nadsat fluently as as a Russian speaker. And I'm the, sorry, yeah, the use I, of I have no idea about hi 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 related. I I've never read the book. The use of the, the use of Drugi is interesting as, as his friend. But I can talk um, about the chorus of this song. Uh, Drug means friends, and it also means friends. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, we I know. know. <laughs> I love that. Just 
a, a, such just a belter song. And that, of course. The, um, the, the saxophone sound is, is actually a synthesizer. I mm. thought it was a saxophone. But it's, you know, that, that combination with this. It's a real, it is like the most rocking Bowie song. It's kind of like, um, although there are some other like rock banger Bowie songs, but it kind of reminds me of like, it stands out as like maybe it's Bowie's. Uh, it's nothing like it, but it's, it could be Bowie's Helter Skelter, where it's just like a certified banger. Did it cause any murders? This song. Did what? That's that's always a top criteria when uh, when assessing the songs. Anyway, the this was something they never addressed in uh in yesterday. Actually, did the Manson murders happen? I mean, no, surely not. Wait, what? If there's Were no the Helter Skelter. Well, the Manson murders in Man- Scotland. I'm sorry, I really didn't know. Did this. you I know, know that? I only know what Tarantino like most- me. I thought Sharon Tate survived. I watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I Leonardo DiCaprio gets like a flamethrower and uh, that's, Brad that's Pitt kind is of high poor. and beats someone up, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, I liked the flamethrower bit. I want a flamethrower. Um, okay, okay. What was? <laughs> uh, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I made a funny little joke after yesterday. I was like, oh, yeah, if um. So if the Beatles didn't exist, then did Bowie write across the universe? But no. And then everyone that laughed. That no one laughed. And Paddy pointed out no <laughs> because it's a cover, and he would Bowie didn't write it. What what if he did though? <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't lean on me, man, because you can't afford a ticket. I'm back on Suffragette City, and you know what? It, it could the Suffragette City line. Uh, it's ambivalent. I mean, it, does it mean that he's like? Really control it's got his girlfriend, obviously, is really controlling of him. Uh, so it could be is, is could Bowie be attacking the suffrage movement? No, no, yes, <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> well, um, actually, also, well, no, there's a debate over whether the suffragettes did more harm than it was actually, it's actually suffragists hey, 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 that, hey, hey, that won the hey, vote. Hey. No need to get political here. I'm just saying, uh, suffragette city is also a nickname for Manchester, so um, could be a lot of double meaning there. Manchester's, yeah, that was going back to Manchester. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a home of so much great music, isn't it, Manchester? The Smiths, In, indeed. The Smiths, Oasis, the Charlatans, the Chemical Brothers, no, uh, the Stone Roses, but not the, the Bur- band from Edinburgh, was Richard, Scotland. Was Richard, Ash- was Richard Ashcroft from Manchester? Joy Division and, and Blue Monday and uh, uh, Blue Lord, Monday. I mean. and, uh, Blue Monday. <laughs> 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 the the iconic. <laughs> Bad I like how it. they. Yeah, what song? All right, okay. That that Suffragette City. I think we can all agree. Such Suffragette City is one of the best cracker, best Bowie songs. Just you know, Ziggy Stardust. What a great album. And I think I like how he says Suffragette City in that way. Um, uh, come on, the iconic bit with the song. You think the song is added? Oh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's classic, classic. All right, that's my last choice on my GMRP. What a closer. Uh, Aria, your ninth choice. Uh, I pick another song from The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust uh, and The Spiders from Mars. You're and never going to get is... which album's mine's from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like one of the best. Oh, no. Uh, Moon Age Daydream is, is mine. Um, I just think it's, a, it's a, just a brilliant Bowie song. It, it, you get the real sort of arrogance and the, the pop starish nature. nature. Of um of Ziggy Stardust as a sort of a savior, but he knows it. Uh, it's just bizarre. Uh, I'm an alligator. Mum and Papa coming for you. I'm a space invader. I'm a rock and rolling for you. Uh, 
keep your mouth shut. I, I like that sentiment. I'm a rock and rolling bleep for you. Bleep for you, exactly. Um, <laughs> you already said <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't no, say that. Said it. You did. That's, that's I really am not a fan of, uh, this, of the uh, new Cardi B uh, song. How dare you? It's a banger. <laughs> Henry. Wet by Cardi B. Wet ass uh, P word. Yeah, people who dislike that song by Megan. Is that what that's about? A rule uh, oh. incels. Uh, but Moon Age Daydream had an appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy, which uh, I feel I feel is is, is apt. Um, awesome. I just like the the weird sort of uh, uh, Buck Rogers imagery. Put your ray gun to my head. Uh, <laughs> press your space face close to mine. Um, I'm not sure if that's talking about like an astronaut visor or Barry's just sort of adding the the space uh, the prefix onto onto everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just this. This cool um, uh, retro futuristic space vibe opera. from this song, and that's yeah. And you and you see his his Ziggy Stardust sort of come into his his own as this as a shining starman, and that's why I think that's my last choice, Patrick. Well, uh, in in an almighty coincidence, my last song is also from the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, but it is the best album, Henry. Um, yeah, I'm and... okay, okay. It's got probably got the most bangers on it, but like as a as an album like listen to from start to finish and it like flows well, you know. Um, Scary Monsters is pretty good. I also okay. got to say, yeah. no, I'll take that's a valid opinion. Heroes. I've also got it. I love the B side of Heroes. Underrated. In fact, Hot Take is going to come at you right now. I think the weird instrumental B side of Heroes, I like that more than the weirdness of Low. We're real here. It's, it's not that hot a take. I mean, like... Yeah. It's spicy. <laughs> Come on. V2 okay. Schneider. V2 okay. Schneider. And... Yeah, okay. Uh, so my last song is also the last song on that album, Rock and Roll Suicide, uh, which is also my favourite David Bowie song because I feel it sort of best encapsulates in part the range and also, like, the central message of Bowie. So obviously we start out kind of sort of slow and melancholy almost. Uh, as it shows this sort of image of Ziggy Stardust as a sort of washed out, useless old rock star. Um, he's so passive, he, he does, he's not even in control of his actions. Time takes a cigarette, puts it in his mouth. I mean, he doesn't, it's just inevitable. It's the cycle of time getting to him. Um, and then it's sort of, it's, it's a great song for escalation and building. Uh, and all of this sort of rises up until you reach what I think is probably the, I mean, probably musically one of the best moments in all of Bowie's career, which is You're Not Alone. Um, this great central sort of sentence moment phrase that kind of breaks the song in half um, and takes us from the sort of sad, sombre opening to the, well, it's effectively like a several minute outro um of quite a short song that is basically uh, i mean talking about anthems the second half of rock and roll suicide is a great anthem yeah. uh, for 70s bowie and for you know embracing the other embracing the person who doesn't feel like they're heard um it feels like a weird combination of bob dylan and glam rock yeah uh, which i'm a fan of i think lyrically it's fantastic uh musically you know when those sort of when the brass and the strings almost come in towards the end, it's it's uh, it's it's quite something. 
And that's the why horn it's the sound. Last... I don't know what the horn the sound horn... is. I it? don't know what the horn is, to be honest. Probably a it's... synthesizer, but it's... It, yeah, it's something else. Um, yeah, and that's why it is the final song on both the album and on my Dream LP. And it was used in the trailer for that Seth Rogen okay. movie. It was used in the trailer for the Seth Rogen movie, which we still have not seen. Uh, American Pickle. We could have done it, Henry. We could I know, have done but it. I, I was, wasn't going to risk coronavirus. Uh, I would risk corona for invite. American Pickle. It does look pretty good, though. But yeah, I, I, rock Seth Rogen, suicide. I, I don't have a lot to add on that. Um, just... Yeah, the, but the, I mean, the, the, the knives is the, the best album. Brain. Oh, that bit always gets me. Love that bit. It's almost as good, Henry, I would say, yeah. as The Devil and God Rally, uh, Raging Inside Me and your favourite weapon. Mm, it's almost no, as good. It's better than both. Yeah. It's, it's a lot better than both. I just yeah, want to, I'm going to, I'm going to custom, I'm going to buy a vinyl of Ziggy Stardust and then like forcefully etch into the, to the central part of the vinyl and then laugh. <laughs> oh yeah. Over uh, which, which, song song there. which song would you replace from Ziggy Stardust with uh, Laughing Gnome? Ooh. What's one of the bad mm, ones? That is a. Let me see. Soul Love. What's that? Rubbish. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like Star, I mean, maybe. Yeah, Star. I like, I like, or uh, Lady Stardust. I like Lady Stardust. Lady Stardust is alright. Yeah, but. But it's no laughing gnome, really, is it? Um, I can't even remember how Hang On to Yourself goes. It just. It, I remember it's, just it's just a bit. Uh, yeah, I'll take I like how. Uh, Seth Rogen was in Kung Fu Panda 2. I don't care. <laughs> he co-wrote the, <laughs> the four word for the book. Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo in the back. Aria, the me generation. saying the word Seth Rogen was not an excuse to just talk about his <laughs> <laughs> Aria, you have a chronic tangent problem. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, you, should, you should really see me in, a, in, in English class. That's, that's the... That's <laughs> I'm, I'm sad. I'm bad enough in... I'm bad enough in history. I'm all right, Henry. Yeah, your presentation uh, was was like almost an hour long. It's the whole lesson itself, basically, it's just your. Yeah, but Henry, that presentation about was... why actually, in actual fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Acherbo Law, not the March on Rome or the Emergency Powers, was the main factor, or, or nor the Matteotti Crisis, but the Acherbo oh. Law, a bizarre change in the election law of Italy, why? was the main reason why Mussolini uh, rose to power and cement his power was brilliant and it came up in the exam so shut up it was like the perfect presentation cool bro and um, on, that on that note <laughs> on that bombshell i think we should just before we close this podcast i think we should move on to some bowie songs that did not make uh oh. the list. singers there's so so many uh bowie songs and i think the one that really stands out that is embarrassing that none of us mentioned it one of the best bowie songs of all time one of his most famous songs why the hell is changes? Rebel, now? rebel. No, change, yeah. changes. Come I on. Rebel, rebel like, as well. Changes is great. You don't like changes, Ari. I actually, I have, I have negative memories of changes uh, because changes. changes. It's using the Simpsons. If you say that, get out. <laughs> no, no, it, it was used at my primary school when they showed a sex head. <laughs> 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 like, okay, that's fair. But, uh, that's I just gosh. think of the Breakfast Club now, but it is a great song. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, that that that's a, that's an omission for sure. Uh, Rebel, also... Rebel, yeah. Rebel, Rebel, another. We didn't talk much about Black Star. Yeah, I've never Lazar- 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 looking at the album cover. Um, 
Black Star itself is a weird 10 minute kind of monstrosity, but I'm into that kind of thing. Like, uh, it is, is a bit Revolution 90, yeah. I'd say. But, um, but, but Lazarus. I'm just looking at his album covers, and, uh, you know, some of them I like, some of them I don't. I still maintain that the worst one for sure is uh, Reality. Yeah. Uh, Heaven, I don't like. I think Next Day is actually Station, one of my Station, favorites. Oh, yeah, I'm Station, also Station gonna, is the best. I'm also going to whack the Next Day on there as a, as a, as a you know, should have been, what they're called, honorable oh, mention. Oh, the next the day actual is song itself. Song. Yeah. Oh, also, because so it might be from the perspective of a sort of zombie Jesus, which is my personal take <laughs> on the song. I don't know if that's backed up, but when I heard, first heard it, I thought it sounded like it was from a perspective of like a sort of dark version of Jesus, almost sort of um, kind of reminiscent of, of Yeats' second coming, actually. But um oh what a what a poem but what a song <laughs> um, oh wow fame we didn't mention fame. fame sorry i also happen to have the fame. i also happen to have the fame. my yates anthology next fame. to me fame. so uh I, I know i can just mention any sort of uh vaguely modernisty poetry and it's gonna <laughs> excite Aaron. um we're missing some on uh on let's dance here but we didn't mention china girl which is bowie's poppy cover of iggy pop's weird song uh, it's china quite girl. a weird song but, um, it's not good. Visions of Swastika. I like it. <laughs> um, I prefer night clubbing. Um, yeah, well, um, the other ones on Let's Dance, uh, I love Let's Cat Dance People. itself. Let's Dance itself, yeah, great song. Which is which is a classic. Uh, ca- mm. Cat People Putting on Fire. Cat People. Which was a song that was taken from the uh, Cat People movie in the 80s, but it was only used in the credits. And I feel we should also uh, mention uh, the two Bowie songs that... Um, his two most collaborative songs, two of his most mainstream songs, and you know, two ones that maybe under pressure. I think is lot... one of these. Under pressure is one of them. Yeah. What What are yeah. your thoughts on under pressure? I like under pressure. It's to be honest, if it's a collaboration between Bowie and Queen, it's probably not as interesting as it should no. be. But no. it is still a very good song. I mean, it's it's a little bit too much of uh, of Freddie, but I, I like. I think they work really, really well together. Two people that don't work well together is... <laughs> I listened to this song so much when I was younger, but it's... It, I'm sorry, the music video is just hilariously bad. Dancing in the Street with Mick Jagger. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not good. I don't dislike it. What are our feelings on the I Maroon love, 5 song, though? Moves like but... Jagger. Uh, yeah, I, I feel good. nothing for it, and the more I, I listen good. to I it, the less I feel. The one of the best Maroon 5 songs. Anyway, uh, Dancing the Street with... This man has forgotten sugar. He's forgotten payphone. Um... Let me just get up the lyrics of... of uh... It's just such a weird... Phone, trying to phone home. Yeah. That's, a uh... good, that's a good song. Don't lie. Song. There'll be music everywhere. There'll be sw- swinging, swaying, records playing, dancing in the street. It doesn't matter what you wear, just as long as you are there. So come on, every guy... Grab a girl. It's just very not progressive, Bowie. Everywhere around the world. They'll be dancing, dancing in the street, way down in LA every day. Dancing in the street. Crossing China, too. Me and you. Dancing in the street. They're dancing in Chicago. Oh, my God. Are you doing the whole song? In New York City. All right, that's that's the the poem for the day. Right, then. That's uh, I think think there's only one way that we can can end this... uh... This God, podcast. there's so much weird sex uh, between David Bowie and Mick Jagger on the front cover of that song. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Wait, and no, I, Aaron, I think we one more omission I have for you. Ooh. Okay, one more omission, and then and then uh, we'll round it off. I don't even know what's going on. Something on Hunky Dory. What's on Hunky Dory? Kooks. Yeah, Kooks. Kooks. Kooks is a like the band that I'm not, I really I'm not am not a fan I've of. Never heard, I've never listened to Kooks on You've Hunky Dory. You've never listened to Kooks by David Bowie. 
I don't think I have, no. Are you mad? It's the one where it's like, couple of kooks hung up on romance. It's a banger, man. Uh, I genuinely have never heard that song before. <laughs> what? Uh, naive. I don't it's like. I don't songs. like the band The Kooks. So you've put me. I've never there. heard of them ever. The, I've the, never kooks. To the, the kooks. They've got the Henry. You, we're not. You're not. You're not appealing. You're not appealing to our TikTok e-girl demographics. Oh, wait, I, I love. I love Kooks by David Bowie. Um, what about Beauty and the Beast? Joe the Lion. There's some good ones in here, Rose. Um. Anyway, am I right? right? Wait. Let me just look through what we've missed out. A lot of good songs on low. Uh, Warsaw is pretty good. Um, DJ. DJ on Lodger. I like DJ. I'm a DJ. I'm what I play. That's pretty good. And no mention of any songs on David Bowie's self-titled debut. Not even uh, <laughs> Please Mr. Gravedigger, which just has Bowie just sneezing like really loudly <laughs> for like two minutes. <laughs> or Join the Gang! <laughs> Join the gang, man. Uh, that was <laughs> oh. anyway. So I just, I just want to finish this podcast though uh, with another review of Pontin's Camber Sands, <laughs> Borstal, uh, Borstal, which is a youth detention centre. Yeah. Um, in uh, the Commonwealth, uh, it was used in India as well to quell uh, people who were trying to rebel against the British Empire. So you can imagine they were really nice conditions. A Borstal would be nicer. We arrived on the Monday and quickly left on the Tuesday. Where do I start? Room dirty, windows with mould growing on them. The floor was crunchy with God knows what. Used bars of soap on the balcony. <laughs> chalet damaged and falling apart. Silverfish in the bath. Oh, People smoking weed, playing music, and the worst of all, playing football. Oh, dear. Till <laughs> to air. Now, if that, till playing football. Cup of tea. Uh. <laughs> now if that's your cup of tea Henry sleeping in a cesspool whilst breathing in the fumes of others smoking weed then go for it if not I suggest you don't go camping in the woods and digging your, your own holes would be more hygienic sounds like the summer of Charming. 69 baby Henry did you have a good summer in 1969 uh, it's before you got ooh. a bit wild yeah before I got <laughs> wild in the 70s uh, yeah <laughs> Woodstock, bro. It's weird how you're doing this podcast, isn't it, with us, who is considerably younger than you. Yeah, Henry's but I'm been just held like, one back. of those old hippies, you know? Like 50 <laughs> grades. Live and let die. I remember when that song came out. I was 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, I remember that film. Oh, oh me and Paddy watched Live and Let Die the other day. It's terrifying. I'm not a huge fan of... Um... Bizarre film. Genuinely one of I... the weirdest films I've ever seen. I don't like James Bond films. There's only two man. James Bond films I like: Casino Royale and Skyfall. And I don't oh, even really think they count as James Bond films. Man, Roger Moore is the best Bond. I think me and Roger Patty Moore are is in this. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just fans. I just find it dumb. Best like, villain. Oh, you, you think well, Bond is swinging through dumb. the trees with Tarzan sound effects playing? It's dumb. <laughs> oh really? You think yeah. him using crocodiles as stepping stones is dumb? You think him sticking a. a Glacius bullet in a guy's mouth and him blowing up like a balloon and exploding is dumb. Really? Really? You think him fighting a yeah. guy with you three disappoint me, Aaron. Actually, no. Die Another Day is definitely the best Bond film. I've never seen it. I'm sorry. It's not good. It's not good as a Bond film. It's not good hey, as a Hey, tell you what. We should do Dream LP's uh, Ultimate Bond album. Ooh. I also Ooh. think that's we should. That yeah, so that's not bad. Uh, yeah, this you've been listening to the Dream LPs, uh, David Bowie Part Two episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at. We beg you, at uh, uh, Dream, Dream LPs, LPs podcast. podcast. Yeah. Tell I your friends. 
or else <laughs> tell all your friends. Oh no! Uh, wait, 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 wait! Uh, At podcast LPs. Why is why is that? A why would you name it that? I podcast. didn't. I'm pretty sure you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, Professional anyway, operation. Yeah. We follow Tight lots of runner. great people. We follow Fontaine's DC, um, David Mitchell, uh, Nirvana, sports team. Uh, oh, no, Dave, he's still posting. David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Liam thanks, Gallagher. Right, thanks uh, for listening. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs>